this is where Texas politics gets interesting. Here again are two guys named Jason, some great guests, and cold Texas beer for another smart conversation on Yolitics, the unofficial political podcast of Texas. Hey, welcome back, everybody. We are, uh, I'm hearing a little something in my ear. You don't know ear. where we you are, do that? you? So you're trying to delay. No, I heard out. a little. You're like, thinking, where, where are we? There's something in my, I hear like a little scratchy. I don't hear that. You know, it's like the one time I got a spider in my ear. Let me tell you about that next time. We're at Division Actually Brewing happened. Company, 506 yes. East Main in uh, in Arlington. This place has been here seven years, and it's really tucked away. It which is. Which is kind of cool about it. It's I almost in the shadows of AT&T Stadium, if you've ever been to a Cowboys game yeah. or a Rangers game at uh, Globe Life. It's it's right nearby. Just west of there, and if you know, like, uh, Fuzzy Taco on East Abrams, it, it's it's across from there. I know I that you judge the, everything by taco I, landmarks. I do. I, I, <laughs> I went to get the beer list to order beer for us. And, you uh, thought you had me picked out on here, I too. I got Wheeler the fair-haired wanker, as he uh, asked for. It's a golden <laughs> English mild, and I I have the, That's a real um, name, too, a fair-haired it, wanker. This really is it, guys. Um, so their beers are fair-haired wanker, Poundhouse, Jimmy Jack. You got the Shoji Vision, which I is did. a rice lager. Which surprised you, didn't it? It did surprise you me. You thought you had How me pegged it? at the strawberry beers forever, didn't you? That or the macaroon morning, the coconut porter <laughs> at the top, since you like. Uh, this is really good. It's a This is a rice lager, uh, and it is super light. Really? Yeah, it's really good. Um, and I'm having the uh, the pound house. It's a blonde here too, and we're 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 in Arlington. Why are we in Arlington, Wheeler? Well, uh, we pick it up. We are in Arlington because we have uh, one of the preeminent experts with us on appraisals. And by now, if you are a homeowner, uh, you have gotten your appraisal. Maybe you've chosen to let it sit there on the counter for a few days before daring to open it, uh, because it's tough. Uh, these valuations keep going up, which right. means that, you know, very likely your tax bill has kept on going up in recent years. Uh, and we're in that season once again. Uh, and we're going to get to this preeminent expert here in just a moment uh, who is enjoying his own beverage. And we'll get into that, too. Uh, but first, I want you to hear a little snippet that I got. Uh, this is from a guy named James Chapman. He is the chairman of the Dallas County Appraisal Review Board. These are the people that you go to if you're trying to convince them to lower your appraisal. And, and you want to lower your appraisal because these property taxes in the state have been going up and up year over year, and it's just unsustainable here. I, I've been talking about it forever. I know you're tired of hearing me talk about it, but the state I legislature am. has three weeks left, yeah. and they're talking once again about ways to uh, rein in property taxes in this state. And so many people on the right and left are asking, number one, is it going to affect everybody? Number two, uh, is, is this something that's going to be meaningful? Yeah. But in order to do that, we have to go to each appraisal district yeah. and fight these. And, and and so that is the way it's done now. Uh, I'm sure that these appraisal review boards would love to see the legislature take some action so that right. they're not inundated every year with all these protests and everybody gets mad at the appraisal review board and at the, you know, uh, appraisal district. Uh, but they're like, well, you know, we're, we're, we're doing it like it the, the setup is. So I was talking to him about this. They did in just Dallas County last year, more than 200,000 protests uh, of appraisals. It took them months and months to sift through all of these. 
And so I was asking him, like, well, you know, what do people need to know? What, you know, what do people do right? And what do they do wrong? What should they stop doing when they come to protest these? The first thing is don't show up, you know, angry and, and ready for the confrontation like I know you are so many times, Whiteley. You got to <laughs> go in. Are you kidding me? You got to go in. These are human beings and you're not going to do well if you right. come in there, you know, ready for, for battle. Uh, but they, they don't work for the appraisal district. These, they don't. These, yeah, they, these are citizens in a sure. lot of cases who've taken the job. Uh, and so, you know, one of the things that he told me, though, because people are always like, well, I don't know what to take them, whatever. We're going to get the expert uh, here to talk to us about that here in just a moment. But one of the things that he said really matters to them. It's very similar to when you're looking at houses to buy a house. What do you go to in that house? What is the most what are the most important couple of rooms that you look at? And here's what he had to say about that. Take pictures of the bathrooms and the kitchens because those are generally the things that you need to remodel. If you have uh, a bathroom, maybe it's a little older, uh, maybe it has stains on the tub, shower leaks, we can take a look at that. But looking on the outside of the house, we've seen some beautiful houses in, in Dallas County. And then we get to see the inside of the pictures and you think, oh my gosh. So yes, let's go ahead and uh, make a correction here. And most of the time the appraiser will agree to it too. Okay, so that again, James Chapman, the chairman of the Dallas County Appraisal Review Board saying, you know, what we know as home buyers, but do we know that as appraisal protesters, it's the kitchen and the bathroom that matters. They want to see, have you updated the kitchen and the bathroom? That's going to tell them a lot about your house because what they know before you come in is just on paper or maybe from the front what yeah. you can see. Right. Uh, so uh, we talked to him about that. And then he brought up something, Jason. Uh, you know, when you go in to try to change your value, you try to get them to lower it, you take in your own comps. You know, you work with a real estate agent, you get comparable sales around you that are hopefully lower than what the appraisal district found. And you can go, well, obviously my house is worth this lower sure. amount. Sure. Uh, he brought up something that I had never heard before, and it's called your neighborhood code. And apparently a lot of us have been protesting our values over these years and getting this part totally wrong. This is not a zip code though, right? It's not a zip code. It is your neighborhood code. And be careful if you walk across your alley behind your house or your street in front of your house, you may be out of your neighborhood code. Take a listen. Here, the neighborhood code is a code that's assigned by the appraisal district. And there's probably five or 6,000 neighborhood codes uh, just in Dallas County. And, and, and that's tricky, isn't it, Jim? Because if I walk out of my house, I might think that I'm quote unquote still in my neighborhood, but it and it might be in my neighborhood, but it's not in my neighborhood code. That's right. So just where I live, if I walk across the street past the house that's in front of me and I go past the alley, I'm in a different neighborhood code. And so, Jim, when you're reaching out and speaking with a real estate professional and trying to get some comps done, you know, a lot of them are going to you know, probably know this if they've done these before, but maybe not. You know, Maybe that's something you say, hey, I, I just need three that are definitely in my same neighborhood code. Exactly. And in the time I've been with the appraisal review board, I have not seen a real estate agent keep all three comps in the neighborhood code. Mm. And even the appraisal district, if you cannot 
find three comps in that neighborhood code, they may go to an adjoining neighborhood code. Mm-hmm. But keep those comps in the same neighborhood code. Because if you're sitting there as the appraisal review board, which again, Jim, is the jury in all of this, and you hear from the appraisal district and they have three comparisons to your home that are all within the neighborhood code, and they're all fairly high, let's say, and I come in there to make my case as the homeowner, and I've got one comparison that's in my neighborhood code that's a little lower than theirs, and I've got two uh, that are right down the street from me, but they're not in my neighborhood code and they're substantially lower than what the appraisal district is saying, you're going to have to go with the appraisal district's numbers there, aren't you? Because they're more accurate. So one more thing to where, add to the list. Where do you, I find my neighborhood code? That, you got to go through your appraisal district. You know, again, in Dallas County, he was saying there's five to 6,000 of these. I Jeez. mean, that's a lot of codes Jeez. out there. But, you know, try to button it up because the appraisal district has your neighborhood code and that's what they're comparing you to. Mm. Last thing from him, uh, and, and, and this is uh, interesting as well. A lot of people want to be involved in this process or whatever. And we talked about how, you know, these are, you know, regular people in a lot of cases on these review boards. Uh, if you're interested, they are hiring. <laughs> okay. You should go do that, Wheeler. <laughs> yeah. It's taking you months and months now to get through all the protests. And I imagine that there's probably quite a few appraisal districts, you know, across Texas that are going through that same thing. Um, you need people. Uh, and and I, I don't know that a lot of people have thought about that, but y'all are hiring uh, and and probably others are, too. These appraisal review boards are hiring. They, they'd like some help. We'd love some help. Probably that is one of the biggest things that we could do. It's the biggest thing as a citizen can do is to join the appraisal review board. All right. Again, that's James Chapman, the chairman of the Dallas County Appraisal Review Board. So if you're looking, Jason, for, you know, a little side hustle, 185 bucks a day, uh, he is says, that it, really, that's what it pays. Yeah. He says the work is actually fun. It's really fun. Huh? He's, I can't imagine that. <laughs> he says the work is fun, <laughs> that there's good camaraderie. Uh, and oh, we have to put up with homeowners like you coming in there angry yeah. all the time. Well, I think that's maybe you, but that's fine. So uh, we came to Arlington because we didn't want to make our guy drive so far. It's Chandler Crouch, a guy we go to all the time mm-hmm. uh, for this expertise. Uh, and we go to him and tens of thousands of other people do too every year. We're, we're not the only ones, but this is a busy time of year for you. So that's why we came over here. Thanks for being on Yolitics with us. Absolutely. Thanks you, for having me. You have a, uh, a unique drink with, uh, it's an Atlanta <laughs> recipe, I believe, that you're having there, right? I'm going to catch some flack. I, I got the hardest drink on the table here. Well, you're, you're, <laughs> you're working today, so, uh, you know, Obviously, Wheeler's not well, working. Well, so are we. Oh, well, you know. Uh, you're, you're having a Coke, we see. And uh, w- worse than that, usually in this season, you're doing Diet Coke. Uh-huh. Why is that? Why is that? <laughs> well, because I, during the season, I, I get on the keto diet, and uh, it's just for focus. I don't I don't want to lose any weight, but uh, there's something about, um, I, you know, I'm not fond of focused medication, and so I just look for different ways that I can uh, help get my mind calibrated to hit it intensely and do uh, a tremendous workload. And so the keto diet helps, uh, helps focus. How, how long do you do that Chandler? Well, I, it's seasonal. So, uh, i I come off of it for Thanksgiving cause I'm not fighting Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving meal wins out and wow. uh, it's time to pig out. So, you know, when you talk about your workload though, you know, we're talking about, uh, you know, going and protesting our appraisal before the appraisal review board, how many 
protests do you think you might do this year? Just you, because you're handling it from other people. How many? This is funny. Uh, first, I want to tell you that uh, I heard that the, uh, I saw a quote, maybe it was one of your news pieces, where the Jeff Law said that they've received about 9,000 protests so far. Jeff Law is in Tarrant County. Jeff Law is in Tarrant County, right? And I only work in Tarrant County. I'll, right. I'll help anybody anywhere with advice and information, that sort of thing. But the, I, I will protest for you for free in Tarrant County because somebody needs to help. And so I'm that guy. Uh, but I've received 17,000 protest requests so far. <laughs> and I've, so, got, I've got another 14,000 uh, people that are returning. So it'll be somewhere closer to 35 or 40,000 people this year. How do you take care of that many people? That's a loaded question. Uh, <laughs> I, I couldn't do it without an amazing team. Yeah. Uh, but still, with that many, uh, it, it just takes, it, it takes a lot of people helping out, answering questions. You know, the, we truly care about people. And so when somebody asks a question, we want to make sure they get a quality answer timely. Um, but then beyond that, uh, to help with the protest process, one of the things that I do, I, I actually do the same thing that I preach to other people that say other people should do if they're if you're not going to hire somebody to do it for you, is uh, see if the appraisal district will accept a low ball offer. And and not just low ball, it's got to be a, a, an offer that the evidence supports. But that's the first step. We, we look at the lowest number that evidence supports. We see if they'll accept that number. We negotiate them down to that point. And they're usually eager to accept the, the you know, to negotiate. Because, because they're getting inundated. They're get, Yeah, they don't want you to actually go to a formal hearing. They want to agree to a value and keep you out of their office and save resources if they can. Well, let's talk about evidence because that's what you need. And I always find that's the hardest thing to do is, is to gather evidence. What if I don't know a realtor and, and can't get comps? Of course, Jason Wheeler's a realtor now and you can find him. If you I'm not a realtor. I'm a real estate agent. If a realtor is even like another step. Well, if you need comps, you can find him online at Jason Wheeler TV. And you can ask <laughs> him for the comps. Since he's I'm going to start sending yeah, you I'll my start doing request. That. You, you should do that. But how do, how do I get evidence and what evidence, evidence do I need? I've noticed in the past that I had luck using the uh, home inspection when I bought the house and all the problems that it listed in the house that I bought. I've used that before. And after a couple of times using that, they said, you've used this too many times. Uh -huh. Yeah, yeah, it's got to be current. Yeah. Well, and they'll save the evidence that you submitted in previous years. So I, if, I found that out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, don't bring us the same pictures. <laughs> Actually, I, I I think using a home inspection report is not a bad idea. You could even use it multiple years, but you just want to go out with your photo and take some date stamp photos just to show that those issues still exist. Here's the trouble with something like that. You're leaving it up to somebody else to assign a value mm. to those condition issues. Mm. And, and when you go into a hearing, They've got to come to a, a decision on what the value might be. You don't want to leave that up to a chance. So to, it's really a good idea to take it to the next level and get an estimate for any condition issues that you have that, that are maybe revealed by that ins inspection report. That way you get to pick and choose you know, the contractor that's going to come up with the evidence and, and propose a value yourself. Right. And so, for instance, if your roof uh, is deemed by a professional that it needs, you know, $10,000 to make it a, a good roof, uh, that really helps you tremendously in the eyes of the appraisal review board because that's that's hard evidence. And, and you can get a free estimate from anybody, I guess. But how about how important are the comps? I always hear you got to have comps and go in. I don't know any realtors to give me comps, and I feel like that I should have to probably pay them because, you know, they provide a service. Well, that's the thing. That's why we just started protesting for people because people, I, I, this is a common objection, but there's really no way around it. You have to ask a realtor for comps. Um, will, they, will they give it to you without paying them? Absolutely. Really? Realtors are, yeah. are so philanthropic. They're real just, estate agents are the most amazing people in the world. <laughs> yeah, I real estate agents on the other hand. I can <laughs> say that now. Let's yeah. cut, Daryl, let's cut that out. Let's cut that piece <laughs> out. Right. Go ahead, Chandler. No, it, here's what I would, you, you, your first question was, well, what if you don't have realtor? How will you get evidence? Yeah. 
the, my favorite thing to do is to get the evidence that the appraisal district is going to use against me. Yes. The, the evidence. And they have to give that to you if you ask for it. So, Anybody. So you email or call. What do you do, Chandler? Well, you, 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 I don't know that they have to give it to you until you file a protest. So right. You, when, when you file a protest, though, and you say, what are you using against mm -hmm. me? They've got to give you everything that they're going to use against you. Yep. And then they can't, re, they can't introduce new evidence at the hearing. So they're kind of locked into that evidence. So it's a great idea. Then the, the thing that I do and spend, I've spent a lot of time doing is just poking holes in their evidence. Because when, like this comment about the neighborhood code, it just drives me crazy. This illustrates the disconnect that the property tax world has with the real world, because it's a different world. We're on a different planet altogether. There is no such thing as the neighborhood code in the real world. No realtor, no appraiser, no no buyer. Nobody has a clue what a neighborhood code is. Yeah, as you walk around, you don't see dotted lines separating right. the neighborhood codes. Yeah, not at all. And they've done. It's a difficult job, so they've tried their best to get it right. And the neighborhood code will encompass properties that are like kind, but that's subjective, and they get it wrong. So, so you're saying poke holes into their evidence. So, absolutely. So continue on that. So, if you look at their evidence, you'll you'll see uh, the subject property, which is your property you're right. protesting the value on, and then they'll usually have three to six comparable sales that they're using to justify the value that they're proposing on your property. Okay. Each one of those, and we'll call them comps. Each one of those comps has only about 20 data points. So they might have the square footage, they'll have the year built, and then they'll have a, a, a several other numbers that they just make up, or it's kind of their own thing. If you go to a realtor and you ask for comps, They'll pull a, ask them for a full agent report. That includes private remarks that aren't released to the public, but whenever I'm going in to protest my property tax value, I want to see all the information about the property. And so what I do is I find the properties. Well, so let me back up. So when you pull a full agent report, you'll see that there are 150, 200 data points per property. Mm -hmm. So contrast that 200 data points wow. versus 20 data points. What happens to most people is they don't realize that the appraisal district is using the minimum amount of data that they can use. So it's difficult to find flaws with it. So what I do is I go get full MLS reports of all their their comps, mm -hmm. and then I look for what they're not telling us. Mm -hmm. And then I use that to poke holes. I, use, I either use it to say, hey, I'm sorry, this property that you're proposing the value for, it's sky high turns out it's right next to a golf course so you shouldn't be using that property right and i'm and and the property you're comparing it to is next to two busy roads it's 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 two very different properties even if they're the same size and built in the same year etc and in the same yeah. neighborhood code <laughs> in the same neighborhood code right. uh so i i, I want to ask you about this if somebody is doing this on their own though if they're in another county they can't go through you they they get some comps from their you know real estate you know professional uh, do they go drive by these other properties that, you know, the, the appraisal district compared them to? Do they look at them? Do they take notes and go, wait a minute, that one is sitting on a golf course and I'm nowhere near a golf course. What are the, does that help? Absolutely. And they can go take photos. They can look on Google satellite view and look to see if there's gas wells or, you know, uh, golf course or creeks or different power lines behind power lines. their house maybe and not behind the other house. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. So it, anything that would stick out to you when you're shopping for a home at seems like would also be something that you should talk about in in this protest absolutely yep and and the appraisal district is not going to drive by these houses they're not going to look at the insides of any of these houses 
Uh, and so if anything you can do mm. to put forth a little extra effort that the appraisal district isn't going to do is going to give you an advantage because you're going to have more information than they're going to have. Mm. So in addition to the comps, Chandler, um, Jason mentioned the, the roof estimates. What, what other type of estimates should I be looking for? I mean, to, estimate to redo my bathrooms, to redo the kitchen or what? Yeah, it, this a is air a, conditioner. Yeah, th this is a subjective thing, but you want to stick to uh, issues that that carry a little bit more value. There's a gigantic wasp. <laughs> There's like two of them actually. There, yeah. there are two of them. We'll we see how the rest of this podcast. We should set my <laughs> coke over here and yes. see which drink it I likes I think that's better. what they're after. Actually, <laughs> they want the sugar. Yeah. Um, yeah, you just have to, it's a subjective thing. It's it's almost like you're going to a jury trial, except the jury, I, some of the, the, they have camaraderie. So, you know, you have to, it's a little different yeah. than a normal jury. But, um, uh, yeah, anything that might affect the value in a substantial way beyond cosmetic issues. So carpet and paint and landscaping and fence don't carry a lot of weight, but things like electrical, plumbing, foundation, roof. Uh, if you've got cracks in your wall, you don't want to just send them, cracks of the drywall you you might send them photos of cracks of the drywall but you would say hey this this looks to me like it might be a foundation issue mm -hmm. or yeah. rotting wood uh that sort of thing or if you've got like water stains in your ceiling things like that you know they matter uh when, mm -hmm. when you go before the review board absolutely because so, it's indicative that there's something really going on structurally mm -hmm. Co cosmetic doesn't count then you were saying chandler if my house needs to be painted that doesn't really count it should count but they don't count it. And that's part of the frustrating thing. You'll have a homeowner walk in with a tremendous amount of evidence on items that actually affect the market value of a property. Yeah. Real estate agents know that you, if you put a house for sale that's dirty and it has filthy carpet, you're going to take a major hit on the price, mm -hmm. a, a hit on the price far beyond the cost to actually remedy those issues. A $5,000 paint job, I've seen it cost $20,000 in purchase price. Mm -hmm. and. The appraisal district's objective is supposed to be to value these properties at 100% of market value. It's just that we're not dealing with the same world here. It's, we're on a different planet, and, and those things don't carry a lot of weight, unfortunately. Let me ask you about the specific opportunities, though, this year, okay? Mm -hmm. Because every year is unique in its own way. But this one in particular, it seems like, because if we think back to 2022, okay, the comps that the appraisal district is using to base your house's value on, they they could be all over the place when we look at last year. If you'll remember last year, you know, it was kind of a, a cool market in maybe January, and then it just exploded through the spring. Like home prices just went nuts in a lot of places in Texas. And then we sort of leveled out there at a very high rate uh, in the summertime. And then it you know, kind of started to drop off during the fall and the winter, these, these home prices. And so it really depends on which sales they pulled. If they pulled sales from that springtime area where prices were just nuts, or even summer where they had leveled out at that high rate, then you're being compared against some really high prices. You might want to go in and see, hey, what sold in the fall and the, and, and the winter? Uh, how unusual was last year? And does that open up a lot of opportunities when it comes to comps? Absolutely. It, it's very unusual. In, in the previous years, we've seen double-digit price appreciation. And if you look on a graph of the direction the market's going, it's, it's almost a 45-degree angle in an upward trend. Yeah. And so one thing that makes property tax protesting and valuations unique is that they only value these properties once a year. So the, the, the value in question is, is what the value was on January 1st, mm -hmm. only on that day. What was the value on that day? And so 
since they're only valuing once a year, they'll look back at the entire past 12 months to look at all of the sales for the entire year. And so if you're dealing with a year that's like, let's go before, uh, before 2022, the, the year it had a pretty straight line of upward trajectory. And so the comps, you go earlier in the year, the comps are going to be lower. You go later in the year, comps are higher. That's not the same. It, this year we've had, there was about a 25% increase and then about a 12% decrease. Mm -hmm. And so if they're getting comps from the middle of the year, it doesn't reflect where today's current value is. You've really got to look at comps from the, the most recent months. And it's just unfortunate they're going to include all of those when they come up with their proposed value for our home. So this year, the values are more inaccurate than I've ever seen because they're looking at comps that were, were they're 10% above what you could actually sell your property because for. Because those were from earlier in the year right. in 2022, you think? Yep. Hmm, interesting. Wow. 17,000 requests is what you have, you've had so far so this far. year. Mm -hmm. How does that compare to previous years, Chandler? It's a lot more. We're having, you know, on, on some days we're having a thousand people sign up. It just blows my mind. How many more Diet Cokes a day is that? <laughs> That's a lot. I drink a lot of sparkling water. That's my, but you know, when, when it, when duty calls, I, I step it up a notch. I want to get into something that really triggers me. Okay. Mm -hmm. One of many things. Everything, everything <laughs> triggers Wheeler. So just so, be forewarned here. So let's go through. Uh, I asked some of these big appraisal districts and I, you know, I didn't reach out to all of them, but I asked some of these big appraisal districts, how much did your, uh, you know, average, your overall residential appraisals go up this year compared to last year? The, the outlier uh, out, out of the ones I reached out to was Travis County, where Austin is. 0.08% is how much they went up this year. Really? They went up significantly last year, though, so this is kind of that cooling off after that. But Bear County, uh, San Antonio area, almost 15%. Harris County, Houston area, 16%. Uh, Collin County uh, and Tarrant County, both in North Texas, up 18%. Dallas, up 13%. Denton County in North Texas, up 25%. These are big numbers. This, again, is the overall number. But I have heard from people who say oh yeah mine that, that that's how much mine went up and and I my first thought is where is your homestead exemption did you get your homestead and so I asked the central appraisal districts for those numbers and most of them gave me you know between 62 percent in Bear County all the way up to 71 percent in Collin County that's the number said, of homesteaded properties. that's the number of residential properties that are homesteaded now you think, well, why isn't that 100%? You know this stuff, Chandler. You know, some of these could be rental houses or second homes. It only qualifies if it's your primary home. And, and so you know, that accounts for some of those missing percentage points in there. But we know there are quite a few people out there who own a home who are leaving money on the table every year. They're not getting that homestead exemption that really knocks their taxes down, and they're their appraisal each year can increase by whatever. If you have that homestead exemption, it limits it at 10%. Absolutely. H how do you know though, Jason? H how would someone know if they have the homestead exemption? When people buy houses, it I think a lot on, of people know that, they, that they, you know, they think they have it. It is on your appraisal. It'll tell you on there if you have a homestead and it'll call, it'll call your attention to homestead exemptions from the different taxing entities on there where it estimates. Uh, you can also look on your appraisal district website, look up your property, look up exemptions on there under that property. It'll tell you if you have a homestead exemption. You can apply for these things after the fact, too, and you can get back uh, property taxes that you've paid on the part that would have been exempted 
if you had done this in time, right, and you settle, can get that up down to two here. years. Settle down I here, I told boss. you, settle down, man. This is a, this is a thing with me. Like I just, I, I never get it when people leave free money sitting on the table. And Chandler, we'll have another beer for a wheeler. Over you here, did. Please. <laughs> I, I need like two more. I'm gonna try that wanker, the fair-headed <laughs> wanker. Uh, it, it, Chandler, you deal with this. You You've have, been dying to get that wanker. <laughs> <laughs> you have clients all the time that you're, you know, selling houses to, and 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 you tell them, hey, get your homestead on this, especially if they're from out of state and they don't know this stuff. But you know, I, I th these appraisal districts, Denton County, Collin County, they've actually been identifying how many people out there look like they should have a homestead and they don't, and they're sending them letters and applications for it, and they say they get back a fraction of wow. the ones that they send out. People are throwing away money, Chandler. They are, yeah. It, I, you know. It, it comes down to the emotional impact of seeing a notice coming from the appraisal district. It's usually bad news. And yeah. so, uh, but this one might actually save you money, but you put it in the trash because you just don't want to open it. Yeah, just avoid opening it. I've, Tell I've me had, about the couple. <laughs> I had a couple just reach out and they said, we finally just opened our value notice. The husband and wife were fighting to see who was going to be the unlucky person to have to open it. <laughs> finally, they uh, broke the, the the standoff with a game of paper, rock, scissors. Oh, and I was going to ask, yeah. yeah. And then they cried. So, uh, then they yeah, cried. Yeah. You actually, uh, you took this a step further mm -hmm. than, than I did. I was just asking, you know, these different appraisal districts, how many, you know, uh, percentage of, what, what's the percentage of properties in your area that have homesteads? You actually looked at this a different way, specifically for Tarrant County. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and what did you find? Well, there were about 78,000 people that, that have a, that most likely qualify. And the, the number one criteria- For a homestead. For a homestead exemption, yep, sorry. Uh, the most, the, the most uh, what would, you need to live in the house as your primary residence. Mm -hmm. And as long as the, drive, uh, the address on your driver's license matches your property address, then you most likely qualify. That's, mm -hmm. that's all you have to do. That's the documentation you show. And so what I did was I just looked at all of the appraisal district records. I compared the mailing address with the property address. And if they matched and they didn't have a homestead exemption, I just put a list on my website. So if somebody wants to see if they might qualify or see if they have a neighbor that might qualify, then they can just scroll in that list. So what, what, what's your website? The website. Well, yeah. the, I put this link on uh, a page. It's chandlercrouch.com slash homestead. Okay. And uh, on that same page, I have a tutorial on how you can, you know, how you can uh, check to see if you have a homestead exemption and then uh, the process to qualify and fill out the forms. And uh, it's a step-by-step -step tutorial. A lot of people find and helpful. And for people who might not know what a homestead exemption is, let's make sure we, we, we lay that out. Wheeler's been going off on it for a minute. The veins are coming out of his neck and his forehead here <laughs> uh, as he discusses this. But the homestead exemption essentially is, is a discount on your taxes and it, and it lowers them. Uh, substantially it's like cases. it takes away a chunk of your house yeah. before they determine what your house is worth well it does multiple things one is it takes away a chunk of the taxable value of your home but then it also limits the taxable increase per year at 10 percent gain per year so mm -hmm. it has both those functions and the thing that gets a lot of attention is that that 10% cap. And so I want to just deviate for just a moment to touch on another one of these issues where deviate away. All right. It's this disconnect that that of uh, this alternate universe we have in property tax land where they actually literally change the definitions of words. And so in <laughs> Oh, and God. you've got sounds like white lake <laughs> after what a few they, wankers what, <laughs> <do> they, <laughs> what do they do chandler <laughs> it's, so let, let me just give you uh, a, a few 
terms here that they use. And, and it's just enough to make your mind melt. You don't have to understand all this. I just want to exhibit a point. You got market value, you got appraised value, you got assessed value, you got yeah. taxable value, you have indicated value. Mm. And I could just keep going on and on. There's different types of indicated value. It just keeps going on and on. And so when you look at the appraisal district website, not all appraisal districts use the same terminology. Some of them go the extra effort to try and normalize some of this terminology. In Tarrant County, it's very confusing. In, in Denton County, they have about 10 different terms that they use. They just use them all. Yeah. And so uh, the thing that you, you need to know is that the appraisal district is trying to determine what they think your house would sell for. 100% of market value. That is the number they think your house would sell for. There's no cap on that. It could go up. There's no limit to how much it could go up. But the good news is if you have an exemption, you're not taxed on that number. Mm -hmm. You're taxed on what I would prefer to call the homestead capped value. That, mm -hmm. that tells everybody what you're dealing with. In Tarrant County, they call it the uh, appraised value. But the thing is, is if I was to go walk down the street and talk to people about the appraised value of their home, they're going to think, well, that's what it's worth because mm -hmm. that's normal. That's how that's the normal definition in property tax land. It's it's the homestead kept. Some value. people don't want to protest their valuation because they think it lowers the value of their home. It has nothing to do with what your home would sell for. Correct. No, no realtor, no appraiser will ever put any weight on the taxable value of your home. What the appraisal district says. In fact, I would even make the case that if you reduce your property value in the appraisal district records, it's going to decrease the amount of money they're going to have, the buyer's going to have to pay. That helps their debt to income ratio and allows them to qualify for, for more money. So they might even be able to pay more for it's your gonna house. It's going to make me like your house more if I'm looking for a home. Yeah. yeah. And, and while we're on this, I just want to mention, it seems like the most common question that's asked and that needs to be answered is, should I protest? And the answer is absolutely yes. Everybody should protest. There's one small exception. And I'll tell you what it is if you want to know. Yes, I do. What is it? Absolutely. <laughs> if you want to know. <laughs> if you want to know. No, moving on, moving on. Kevin. We're not interested. <laughs> After the break. <laughs> what, what is it? What is it? So it is uh, senior citizens. over six. If you have an over 65 exemption mm -hmm. and you're planning on moving in the next two years, then you should consider not protesting. Every other person should protest. And the reason why that specific population should not protest is because... Uh, when you and, and I'll just mention this, so many people are, are curious about what the home, what the over 65 exemption caps. Mm -hmm. It caps the actual amount of money that's paid to these different taxing entities. Mm -hmm. So, for instance, the school district tax is uh, the amount of money you're going to pay to the school district is capped if you have an over 65 exemption. So your market value, your appraised value is going to continue to go up. You won't see anything in the appraisal district's records to show that you have your over 65 exemption. But when you get your tax bill in the mail, the amount that's going to the school district will stay the same. You've hit that tax ceiling. Huh? Yep. Mm -hmm. And so it, it, it caps on the year you turn 65 as long as you have your exemption in place. So for every year that passes, your neighbors will be paying more and more and more and more and the amount you pay stays the same. Mm -hmm. Well, so if you decide you're going to move, then the appraisal district allows you to transfer the percentage discount that mm -hmm. you're getting. So they'll look at how much you're paying for your school district tax and what all your what you would have been paying if you didn't have an exemption and let's say you're paying you know, 25% less, then they'll take that 25% number and apply it to the new property. Mm -hmm. wow, so if you're planning on good. moving, you don't want to reduce the percent discount. You want that discount yeah. to be as high as you can. So the, the so in a, just to, to recap, the year you're turning 65, you want to protest your face off as hard as you can. But if you're after your 65 exemption is, is in place, 
Uh, if you're planning on moving, don't protest. You want the number to be as high as it can be. Wheeler, make, make note of that. You're just a few years away from that, so it might be something you want to do. Uh, you know, I'll just let you remind me because you're ahead of me. Uh, <laughs> so uh, it, that's a very specific group, though, and, and a small group, you know, relatively speaking. Uh, everyone else, you're saying, appraise, I mean, appeal away or protest, protest away, away. Uh, and 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 even the you know the the chairman of the Dallas uh, Appraisal Review Board said we we encourage people to protest these valuations, you know, especially if you think there's anything uh, off about it, you know, go ahead and protest it, do it. Uh, and the thing is, though, Chandler, I think a lot of people think, oh, you know, I'm going to go up against the big, bad, you know, uh, central appraisal district. There's no, I don't have a chance. You know, these these lucky people in Tarrant County, they've got Chandler Crouch, you know, able to do this for them. I can't do this on my own. You can do this on your own and you can put together your case. It's fairly straightforward. As long as you get those comps, you have some pictures, maybe you have some estimates. Uh, and, and so I asked these different appraisal districts, what is the success rate? Some of them won't tell me. Uh, Dallas is one of those that won't tell me. Why, they, why would they tell you? They say they don't track oh, that. Oh, come on. Interesting. Uh, Travis County wouldn't tell me either. Uh, but the other ones did. And, you know, in some cases, you know, like Collin County, 43% success rate, not the highest. Uh, Bear County, San Antonio, told me an 82% success rate last year for people who protested. Wow. 82% of them Jeez. got it changed. Out of the counties that I looked at, which I named earlier, uh, it was a 67% average success rate. So two out of every three people who protested got a reduction in their value. That's significant. It is, and I, everybody should protest. You might think, oh my gosh, that, that value seems pretty fair, but we're not dealing with common sense or rational thought. We're dealing with a game that where words are given different definitions and it's data in a spreadsheet and data, you know, sales. So go protest. You never know if you're being overvalued unless you protest. And these people are largely friendly. It, it, people, Everybody needs help with this because it's not something that most people are going to take the time to really learn on an intimate level like me. But uh, just like the, the ARB chair, chairman was saying, it, it, they'll they they don't have anything against the public. They just they just get treated like dirt a lot of times, and so then they you know they're you're going to get that attitude right back. But if you ask them for help, they'll they'll help you a lot of times. That's how I've learned. And this might make it a little bit less intimidating. A lot of this has been you know moved to online, and so you know you can upload your photos there that you've taken in your house to kind of prove that you know hey this place is in some disrepair. Uh, you can, you know, upload your comps, et cetera, uh, you know, your comparable sales that you're comparing yourself to. And in a lot of cases, I don't know, maybe this makes it a little bit less intimidating for people, certainly in Dallas, but a lot of these appraisal districts kept going with this pandemic era thing where they have you call in now to do your hearing, which, uh, you know, some people might find that less intimidating than being there in person in front of this three member board. Some people might think, well, I'd rather convince them. I talk with my hands a lot, so I want to be there and like really show you with my hands what the house looks you would like. Scare and them, with with. You'd scare them, Wheeler. You'd scare them. Just flap. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> just flap, just, you know, generally. Uh, but, you know, maybe that makes it a little bit less scary to some folks, you know, that you may be doing this by phone. I'm glad you brought this up, and I'm going to divert again, if you don't mind. Please. Divert uh, away again. So if you're going to do a uh, telephone hearing or something where you're not going to physically appear, they will not look at your evidence at all unless you fill out a property owner's affidavit of evidence. Mm. And in, you might Google where, that. Where do I find that? Well, Google. I... There, I've actually got a link that will give you a, uh, 
uh, a step-by-step tutorial on how to fill the thing out. What's that link? Uh, I don't have it. No. <laughs> good question, Wheeler. Good question, man. Just put them on the spot here. <laughs> is it on your website? It is. Uh, okay, so if I just look for, if I search Google Chandler Crouch property owner's affidavit of evidence. Yeah, and, and, and one of these is uh, how to protest without appearing in person. And, and you'll have to have one of these filled out if you're going to do a telephone hearing, so they'll consider your evidence. However, the divergent thing I was going to talk about is this. This is how the big boys protest. When you see uh, these skyscrapers in these downtown areas that you know are worth millions upon millions of dollars, but they're only getting taxed on a fraction of that mm. money, the way they do it is they first do a normal protest like the rest of us, except they just use one of these affidavits. Property they, owner's affidavit of evidence. But, well, what's the point of that in, instead of just evidence? It's They put no effort into the protest itself. They just send this in. They get the determination from the protest hearing. They get that in the mail, and then they either arbitrate or sue them. The big, ah. the big guys will sue them. That costs too much money for the average homeowner to, for it to make sense for. Arbitration doesn't, though. Arbitration doesn't, yeah. And I've done arbitration. I actually did it in Dallas County, and I I shouldn't talk too specifically about this property because you can find out pretty easily. I'll just say um, I've talked to a lot of people that have done arbitration. My experience with it is pretty minimal. But when you file a lawsuit against the appraisal district, you, you can't file a lawsuit they're, they're going to consider until you get this, the, until you get the, the board uh, determination from a formal protesting but after you get that you can sue them or file arbitration they become much more negotiable hmm. it costs for arbitration it costs five hundred dollars up front as a deposit as long as you're successful and you get a dollar reduced they'll give you four hundred and fifty dollars of that back hmm. so it only costs you fifty dollars in the end so do i put my effort into this instead of you know going through this you know formal hearing and putting all my effort into that the appraisal districts do not want me to tell you tell us to to do this but this is how the big big dogs do it because what happens yeah. is if you're successful and and they go through with a formal arbitration or um or lawsuit then the appraisal district it's going to cost the appraisal district money so what they do is there is a spe specified period of time before the hearing that they become very negotiable and they're looking to make a deal so do i fill this out first and then go through the process of my formal hearing with the appraisal review board or do I just do this property owner's affidavit of evidence and and just call it a day? You do this instead. You you fill this out, send it in. They will have an actual hearing with the three-person panel and a representative from the appraisal district. And I don't have to be there or on the phone or anything. Right. Your the documents that you send them will show up in your place. They'll read them out loud. They'll make a determination. They'll send you the results in the mail. And then after you get the results, it, it'll also give you instructions on how to appeal, which would be arbitration or to sue them. But I you feel like we buried the lead. Yeah, I think you're right. But you said you said also that there's a period of time before the hearing that they're very negotiable. So if I don't if I don't have the deep pockets like Wheeler and don't want to <laughs> hire Matlock to go represent me in court on this thing or, or, or arbitrate on my behalf, um, should I call them up and say call the appraisal district up and say, listen, I'm filing all this stuff, but if you guys want to reach uh, you know knock off fifty grand or hundred grand. We'll call it a day. Well, whenever I teach people how to do this, I start the conversation just like we did. We start with square one. Let's just figure out how much time and effort we want to put into this, mm -hmm. or time, effort, and money mm -hmm. put in this. And usually, if you just talk to the appraisal district, they're going to give you a fair settlement, and it might not be worth the extra time and effort to go to all these links. So I start with square one. and. I'll, I'll try to reach an informal settlement right up front. If that doesn't work, I'll escalate it to a formal hearing. And I might use that as an opportunity to learn. You could ask the appraisal district, hey, 
I, I know you wouldn't agree to my settlement. But what could I do with my evidence that would be different to have better success at a formal hearing? Go to the formal. You don't have to send in the F affidavit of evidence. You can appeal a regular protest just like anybody else. Just if you're looking to save time, you, this is a way to not put any effort into it. But if you're if you're really committed to getting the best result possible, go ahead and put some effort into it. Go to the formal hearing, see what they say, then appeal that. And by the time you get to the arbitration hearing or the next level of informal negotiation, then you're going to be so much smarter and have a much more effective argument and you're going to have a better chance. You're well time. versed. So yeah. uh, any of those pictures that I've taken of the house and estimates that I've gotten and all of that stuff, I still need to get that stuff because when I go to arbitration, I'm going to want to present that. Yes, it helps your argument. It helps them understand this is I'm dealing with somebody that's put some effort into this. This is an educated approach. They're not blowing smoke. This is real. And, and it gives validity. Now, if you're doing an informal negotiation, informal settlement, whether it's before in the very beginning, before you ever start, or if it's, you know, right before the arbitration hearing, either way, they may not look at your evidence with a lot of, you know, in, in detail. Have it just in case, though. Have it in case. Well, they're going to know if you're blowing smoke or not. Should, so should I should I take file that and the evidence uh, or just one or the other if I want to protest my taxes? So, okay, so the protest process has two main stages, okay? The first thing that you have to do is just file a protest. Mm -hmm. Say that I'm going to protest this. That's it. Online. Yeah. And, and, and it's simple. You don't have to do any homework. You don't have to do any comps. You don't right. have to do anything that takes any amount of time. For most people, all you have to do is turn the value notice over mm -hmm. and fill out the backside. Mm -hmm. If you don't have that, you can Google and find a form that the comptroller hands out. Um, it's 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 just a property owner's notice of protest. But mm -hmm. you don't have to have. You could just write on a sheet of paper. I want to protest my property value. Yeah, I, some I of them will just take a note. Yeah, any of them. Yeah, will. yeah. Okay. So you just let them know. It's almost like filing an intent to right. protest. Mm -hmm. That's step one. So that satisfies a legal requirement that has to be done before the protest deadline. Get it in within thirty days. With step, it, step two is what? Uh, they will schedule a hearing date for you. That hearing date becomes your next deadline. Mm -hmm. So. Before that hearing date, that's when you start compiling evidence. You have your conversation with the appraisal district to see if they'll informally negotiate to reach a settlement. Do you usually call them or do they call you? Well, for us, we have a good relationship. Okay, but so, for like average Joe, um, you're probably going to have to call them. You know, I, I think okay. it depends on the appraisal district. Some okay. appraisal districts make more of an effort to reach a settlement, so they'll actually reach out to you. Okay, um, so you're gathering but, your evidence, though, by that deadline. Yeah, but and you shouldn't wait. You should. Everybody should reach sure. out to the walk into the front doors of the appraisal district. Just talk to them. And, mm -hmm. and uh, for step two, when I get this notice of the hearing date, that that was a question. So do I need to go in with my comps that I got from my local realtor and with the, the problems at my house in addition to this affidavit? If you're showing up in person, you don't need to mess with the affidavit. Okay. The, uh, the reason I brought that up is if you're going to do the telephone hearing, they won't look at your evidence unless you filled one of these things out. How about out. a Zoom or something like that? Same thing. You've got to fill one of these okay. out. Okay. And, they, and right. they don't make it real clear. Actually, they there is a red, uh, there's a pink sheet of paper that's sent out with instructions. People just don't read it. Yeah. And they'll actually sign it without reading it, send it in, and then they'll show up to the phone hearing. <laughs> and I promise you, these ARB members... Like he was, he was saying, "Hey, there are job openings here." Well, some people get really passionate about property taxes, believe it or not, mm -hmm. and they say, "You know what? I'm a good guy. I want to represent the interests of property owners. I'm going to work from inside." They go get one of these jobs, get paid 185. I think in Tarrant County, it might be 200 dollars a day, huh. and Ooh. then and then they will listen more intently on the arguments that the homeowners are giving, and mm -hmm. they'll try and argue in their favor. So you have good people that work there, and and then what happens is 
the homeowners will show up to the telephone or Zoom hearings and they'll have a strong argument, but without one of these pieces of paper, they can't see the evidence and their heart just breaks. I mean, it's, it's tragic. People are crying and it's, wow. that it's. So rewind and listen to this part again about the property owner's affidavit of evidence and, and do this correctly. Uh, my last thing uh, with you, Chandler, here is we, we, are, we keep hearing about this from the Texas legislature. They've got different proposals, competing proposals on how to, quote, unquote, fix this system. You know, people get mad at the uh, Central Appraisal District. They get mad at their appraisal review board. They get mad at the taxing entities later on. But ultimately, all of them are just playing in the game that has been set up in Austin. What do you see right now as the fix? What if you had the, the, the ears of lawmakers, and we know they listen to this podcast in Austin. What do you tell them? What do they need to do here? That's a loaded question. It's really <laughs> difficult to gain a consensus on what the solution would be. It's it's a lot easier to gain a consensus on the problems. And so I can do that all day long. Uh, I can tell you the problems with the legislation that we're seeing. Um, I really like the idea of getting rid of uh, half of the school district tax. It's a pretty popular plan out there. Uh, you can use the state's budget surplus to apply it to rate compression. It gets rid of half of the school district tax, which is the biggest chunk of our property tax. That's the House version right now that, that's been uh, passed. Well, it, both versions have some element. The House version is better in that regard, but the House version has a big glaring issue, and that is these value caps that are applied to every property type, including commercial. And uh, that's a big problem. Explain what that means, a value cap. I don't, what does that mean to the regular guy? Well, just like your homestead exemption caps the amount of taxable increase at 10% per year. The, the homestead or the uh, house's version of this bill is going to try to apply a similar cap to all properties. And instead of a 10% cap, it will be a 5% cap on all properties. The problem with this is there is a huge advantage that commercial properties have in the protesting process. Mm -hmm. And Already, there are millions upon millions upon millions of dollars of commercial property value that aren't being taxed. And so what happens is homeowners, single-family residential property owners, so that, that's not just homeowners, that's landlords too. Mm -hmm. We're footing the bill for that. Yeah. And I would even say the renters, the, the landlords are footing, it's, and I say landlords, it's the renters because mm -hmm. it just gets passed through. It does. So we're footing the bill for those skyscrapers in Dallas and Tarrant County that are being undervalued. So and that I, house version would be sort of a windfall for, for business. Absolutely. And it would be devastating for homeowners. The Senate's version is not good enough, but it doesn't create the same problems. It's just a Band-Aid fix. We've got to do something. It's better than nothing. It's not what I would want, but it's. It, I, I would take uh, the rate compression that the house has. I would negotiate that for the. Uh, you know, I, I, I would bring that all into the fold that into the the Senate's version, and then I actually like value caps. I just would. I would only do single family residential properties. And the Senate version raises the homestead exemption, which we talked about earlier in the podcast here, from $40,000 a year to $70,000 a year. Uh, how do you expect this to shake out? There's three weeks left in the legislature. Which side's going to win? Neither side. It's going to go to a special session. They're going to duke it out. They'll figure something out. But I, d I doubt we're going to see a solution during the regular session. This is the kind of the mode of operation. This is what Texas politics does. Now, nothing substantial is going to get done in the regular season. It's going to go to special session. That's my you, prediction. You talked about value caps as well. Uh, didn't California pass value caps several years back? 
Yeah, and that's part of the problem with the house's version is it is it doesn't keep in mind the unintended consequences. I like the idea. I have fought for value caps, just not for commercial. So in California, they free. It's called Proposition 13. They freeze the value at the purchase price. I've heard a lot of people around here uh, say that they think that would be a good idea. Here's what happens. When you have a massive commercial property that gets frozen at the purchase price, then it disincentivizes them to sell that property. So what happens is these commercial property owners are smart and they have a lot of money and they can hire an attorney to help creatively solve this problem. So what they do is they just make sure that that property never sells again. But but, but homeowners and residential too, we saw in California where people weren't moving. Yeah, and absolutely. That, that created the, the housing Fewer crunch homes in California. Fewer homes for sale. Yeah. yeah, it creates a big problem. You, you can't create a disincentive for people to sell a property because so much industry relies on home sales. You've yeah. got so many, it, I, I could just, there are probably 30 different industries that, that rely on, you know, that, that, that make some kind of money when a house sells or when out somebody's preparing their house for sale or somewhere in the process. Is Texas becoming California? Uh, no. No, I'm just, last last question here. <laughs> hey, so for people who, who listen to this and they, could. They, 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 right? Sorry. Uh, how do people find you? Chandler Crouch, C R O U C H dot com. Uh, how do they find you? Why should they go to your website? And what are these huge fees that you charge to Chandler? Tell us about that. Well, if you're in Tarrant County and you need help protesting and you don't want to invest any time or money, then it's, you can sign up at freetaxprotest.com. Um, I, I encourage people to learn on their own how to protest. If you want to do that, you can go to freetaxprotest.com slash videos. Uh, if you need help buying or selling a house, then that's the way we funded our free protest services. When somebody, when we do a great job for somebody and they say, hey, I can trust this guy, this company is great, then they want us to help them buy or sell it. You can go to ChandlerCrouch.com um, and get our team of expert realtors to help. And then the one last thing I'll say is that homestead exemption. If you want to see if your house might qualify for a homestead exemption, you're in Tarrant County and you need the step-by-step -step tutorial on how to file the homestead exemption, never pay anybody for that service. Instead, go to ChandlerCrouch.com slash homestead. It's all right there for you. Yeah, the videos are very instructive. They, are. they really are. You're, you're, you're a realtor, though, but you do this on the side to help people and you do not charge anything for this, this tax yep. information. It's just a way for us to give back. Wow. Chandler, thanks as always. You are a wealth of information. I don't yeah. know where you're finding the time. You know, maybe I need to start drinking Cokes and Diet Cokes, you know. <laughs> you all need day. to do a lot of things, Wheeler, but we'll start right there, okay? How about that? First so. step, put down the wanker. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. On that note, uh, we should get out of here because yeah, go ahead, take us out. <laughs> uh, one of our main bosses, she's probably heard that more than she wanted to hear. She certainly heard the wind noise more than she wants to hear. She has the most amazing, finely about. tuned hearing. Uh, we, we've got a breeze out here, and we're definitely going to hear about that from her as though we can control the wind and then lastly we're going to hear about the fact that this was a really long podcast because she likes to fit it in in that drive to work or that drive home it's always our most listened to podcast so for that thank you uh chandler every year we have one or two that that, that really rise to the top this is always the one over the past this is years. the topic this is the one people want to know it. so yeah uh, so, so thanks for that, man. Always uh, glad to have you. We met you halfway. Uh, Wheeler, is that your second one? Uh, no, I'm that's, still that's nursing first. my first here, and it's uh, it's excellent. Again, we're right. at Division Brewing in Arlington, Texas, and uh, been today, open seven years, man. This place has been here, tucked away for seven years. And today is Brewing Day here. Did you know that? I did not. Yeah. We're, that, we're, we're recording we're this on Brewing Day. Ah, well, we'll go back inside. And have no, one. we came outside for the wind noise to drive our boss crazy. <laughs> Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you soon. Click subscribe and get Yolitics every week.
Eolitics, the unofficial political podcast of Texas.